Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people. Now, why don't you grab a hold of my magic staff and say Shazam? Yes, hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by one of our new regulars, uh, Liz. How are you, Liz? I am excellent, except I am concerned you're going to ask me to take hold of your staff next time I visit, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, don't worry, you're safe. And joining me for the first time, coming all the way from America, he's one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. Sky's falling, ain't no need to panic. It's Colby Mack. How are you, bro? Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Colby Mack, and I'm finally on Move Reviews and 20 Qs. My staff is here! <laughs> oh my god, shit. I can't compete with that. That is some energy. Welcome, Colby. Yo. <laughs> wow. Long time listener, first time guest rocking the mic. I am very, very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure, man. So, yeah, Colby, pick the movie Shazam. Any particular reason why? I mean, it's a DC movie, man. It's already off to a good start, this entire wonderful universe of superheroes and capes and costumes and colorful characters and really cool villains. Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Shazam, what we now do on this podcast is whoever's seen it the most recently has to give us a plot of the film. Liz, is that you? Oh, I really need to get more organized with my life. I watched it last night. I've been meaning to watch it all week. Um, All right. There is a wizard dude who is protecting the world from the seven sins, um, all of whom are like statues in his secret wizard lair. And he's searching for someone to take on his powers because he's old and crusty. And he keeps inviting these people in to try and take over his powers because he's looking for someone pure of heart. But unfortunately, one of the people he invites is a bad person and they come back and do bad things. And then, so then he has to like find someone who can just fill in, and he fills it. And I mean, he uses Billy Batson, who's this adopted kid and has just gone to this group home. And Billy Batson takes on these powers and has to like muddle his way through being an adult superhero, even though he's only a fourteen-year-old kid. How's that? Yeah, not bad, not bad, pretty good. Uh, looking yeah. at the more technical details of this film, it had a hundred million dollar budget and took three hundred sixty-six million worldwide. Directed by David F. Sandberg. Starring Zachary Levi as Shazam, Mark Strong as Dr. Savannah, aka okay, the villain, Asher Angel as Billy Batson, the younger Shazam, Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddie Freeman, his sidekick, I guess. Uh, scores for this film was 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 71% on Metacritic. Now, normally we hit you with our scores right at the start, but we've stopped that. Basically, we have to do a bit of mental maths, and if we're going to give the movie under 5,000, then we're going to give it a shit sandwich. Or if we give it over 5,000, we are going to give it a compliment sandwich and then hit you with our scores. So the other part about this podcast is we do 10 questions that can be applied to any movie, then move into three personal questions to finish on a list of questions. So yeah, compliment sandwich. First up, as always, Liz, why don't you start us off? One good thing, one bad thing, one good thing. Okay. Uh, the first good thing I'd like to say is that it was really fun and lively. It was a really just a, a fun jaunt through the DC universe, and that was quite a quite a cool thing you know like a lot of these superhero movies can be all gritty and depressing and it was just really nice and cheerful especially dc Um, movies yeah yeah exactly so um that was good uh the shit in the middle i would say was actually at the end i found the end fight scene just a bit too long i i just sort of couldn't i'm never great with fight scenes following them anyway but yeah i just got a bit distracted and was kind of like oh wait did he get the back oh no okay this guy's fighting and yeah just for me it was a bit too much i get that other people love that kind of crap so you know you do you baby boo my other good thing was um, Adam Brody's cameo. I was so excited to see that um, Adam Brody was one of the superheroes because when they scanned over them first time, I was like, I don't know any of these people. And then when they went up to that, it was Freddy's. I was like, oh, yay, because I always loved the OC. I always had a thing for Seth. And it's a perfect fit because he is like a massive superhero-loving dork. You're an easy woman to please. What about a score out of 10,000 wizard sticks? Maybe on podcasts. Um <laughs> 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 um, out of 10,000 wizard sticks, I'm going to give this 7,306. Mm, that's a lot of love. What about you, Colby? What do you Yeah, got? it was okay. Yeah, um, one thing good, Shazam. It's a character that is a Superman knockoff that should not have worked so quickly out the gate this early in building this cinematic universe. And then casting Zachary Levi. Not a no-name but not a name name to kind of stake, you know, a superhero franchise yeah. off of. And somehow it magically all came together and 
This character knew what he wanted to be, made himself very relatable, and with all the doldrums that Man of Steel has suffered with Zack Snyder's interpretation of that character, this was something different and I think it was widely embraced. One bad thing is the wizard, or in this instance, the non-white Shazam. <laughs> I love Jaiman Hansu. Shout out to my boy. He's great. He's like in almost everything. And I will say for him, he kind of got, I don't want to say the raw end of the deal or the short stick. This, he was not supposed to be cast in this film. He had to come in and sub in because the actor mm. that was to be in this film, um, unfortunately passed away. Uh, so he kind of came in a little bit late. And I just think that this was a miscast. I, I, I think Jaiman has a certain, you know, he has a certain pocket that you could stick him in, you know, like he's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, who? Star-Lord, like, you know, <laughs> like that's him. And for what I was looking for from the wizard was a little bit more gravitas, right? If Lawrence Fishburne wasn't inside of this universe as Perry Wright, he would have made an excellent wizard, right? Um, oh, yeah. But another good thing is Freddy. Gosh darn, this little, you know, uh, handicapable young man who's just, full of spirit and is deeply neurotic and ends up being a little charmer. You know, a character like that could annoy you like a lot, but he finds a way to kind of like tuck yourself like right inside of your chest and right. He's just there. He's like a little itch, but it's not a bothersome itch. It's like, it's almost kind of comfortable that he's there. Right. And he just knows things. He knows a lot of things about this world in which obviously Shazam doesn't. So yeah, that's, that's a good sandwich right there. Shazam, Freddy, a little bit of the wizard in the middle. Thoroughly agree with all of your assessments. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sort of leads me on to my first good thing is I actually found all of the kids in this film to be standouts. The one that impressed me the most, I mean, aside from Freddy, Freddy was amazing, he was sensational, mm-hmm. but also the young actress playing Dala. Oh. She had this amazing amount of cuteness and heart that you don't normally so expect adorable. from such a young actress. I mean, yeah, it was just phenomenal just to see that. The bad thing for me is Mark Strong is good as a supporting character. I don't think he's good as a villain. And he ultimately became quite forgettable for me. He sort of suffered a lot from the fact that every time we saw him, he had some horrendous CGI monsters hanging out with him as well. That sort of detracted from his acting performance. But for me, he just wasn't, just wasn't a great fit. And then that being said, final, final good thing for me is that the humor of this film generally got some decent laughs out of me. And it's funny because the first time I saw this, saw this in the movies, I walked out, I was a bit grumpy because our movie had been delayed by about 45 minutes due to a fire alarm. So I was ending up watching this at midnight. I was just after a long day at work or something, and I was like a little bit over it. Walked out and was just like, that wasn't for me. But the second time around, man, I like I had a whale of a time with this film. The funniest part of the film for me was a little bit meta, where they sort of took the piss out of superhero movies a bit, where they're both flying up in the sky, staring at each other, having their showdown. Mark Strong goes into his like villainous dialogue, and Zachary Levi's like, I can't hear you. What? Yeah. I cannot hear a word you're saying right now. And that just, was gold. It was just gold. Yeah, the, the yeah. comedy is so on point, which you typically don't get. Like, in, I've seen, maybe like Sam, I've probably seen every superhero movie since, at the very least, 1995. Um, yeah. I don't think I missed a beat with any of them, right? And the ones that try hard at comedy sometimes go overboard, and it's like, oh, man, it's a mm. joke a page, and kind of loses the superhero part of this. I think this had such a good blend of it, and the writing is really smart. And Zachary Levi has a natural talent. You know, obviously the young kid that plays Freddie does the entire ensemble. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really charming cast. The fact of how they make this comedy work. And I hear what you're saying, Sam, you know, about, you know, what Mark Strong does with this villain. But I think that he leaned into this very comic book, you know, if he had a mustache, mustache twirling villain and he really <laughs> hammed it up. And I, I think only that villain works in this type of film where inside of like a Winter Soldier, I would have like, get the hell out of here with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can dig. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, fair enough. Cool, and that moves us over to question number two, which is going to be officially known as Fantasy Dan question, because when he was on our episode of Point Break, he came up with this question, and using it again, it's an awesome question, Dan. So what's question number two there, Liz? Okay, if you replaced every character in this movie with Muppets, except for one, which character would you keep? I would keep Dr. Savannah, because okay. I think that because of his type of villain, I would just love to see how he plays off of this Jim Henson world. Like, how would he react to if Kermit the Frog pretty much was imbued with the powers of Shazam? <laughs> and I, I'd love to see Kermit still in the same stature, but like in a filled out kind of suit, right? And then like, essentially his Freddy would be Miss Piggy. And I just love to see that back and forth and just to see Dr. Savani completely lose his shit because he's like, 
I just can't take it anymore. I don't, I don't, I like one Mark Strong with an American accent. Mwah, I think it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to lose that. Yeah, I could totally say that. Like, uh, I really feel like Kermit has the same vibe as, as Shazam. He's got the same energy. So that could really work. <laughs> um, for me, I'd keep Freddy because I feel like he had the right energy yeah. and vibe for to work with all the Muppets. Like, I could just see it flowing exactly the same, but with Freddy. Yeah. He basically is a Muppet, but in human form. Yeah. In a way. He's Gonzo. He's Gonzo. Yeah, yeah he is. Oh, oh I love yeah. Gonzo. He's nice. Gonzo. Good, good call. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I basically just went with Shazam. I just like, I just could imagine Shazam being this human. So it's almost like, you know, like the Muppet's been imbued with energy. So it becomes human. It's almost like transforming out of his boundaries and becoming mm. into a superhero. Some, it just makes too much sense to me, you know? Yeah, I like that. And I'd love to see a human just punching the crap out of a Muppet. That'd be hilarious. Anywho, that moves us over to question number three. What is there, Colby? Question number three, we've got, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? So my deep philosophical debate that arose in me was, does anybody in this universe that drives a car, are they actually using their eyes while they're driving? (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why I say this is right at the start, we see, you know, um, Fad and his family, and they basically have a bit of a car accident, and they're just sitting out in the middle of the road, clearly visible from both directions, and then they just get smoked by a car, and then we see Freddy uh, outside of his high school, and he almost gets smoked by a bunch of bullies, and then we see the older uh, foster sister just walking across the road, almost gets smoked by a truck, and then we see Shazam comes back down to earth, and he's standing in the middle of the freeway, gets smoked by a truck. I don't think anybody in this film is using their eyes while they're driving, man. It's like they've got this perpetual blindness. It's very unsafe. For me, I went a little deeper in that when... Dr. Savannah goes to visit his dad in the boardroom and gets, you know, the, the monsters all come out and he's like, this is real power. You think money's real power? No, this is real power. I was thinking, what is real power, actually? Just having a bunch of creepy smoke monsters that'll do your bidding and kill people. Is that really real power? Fuck yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> is it though? Because look, in the end, like he got his eye ripped out of his face and then he was just a random dude again. Like, mm. Also, those monsters, like, was this film supposed to be a kid's film? Because they scared the crap out of me. Let me tell you me. something. I watched this movie in Dolby, and I brought the Mini Mac with me. That's my daughter. She was six years old at the time. And I oh, had damn. no idea that that scene was going to happen. I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. He's going to like go in there and kind of, oh, my God, he, he threw him out the window. And then the monsters come out, and my daughter like leapt out her chair and screamed blood-curdling. And I was like, oh Look, my God. I was, I was terrified I was going to have nightmares. I can't imagine what it would have been like being a six-year-old. Well, I should have the, known because the director, he's a, he's a horror movie director. And like, I'm, I've never thought I'd have to cover my six-year-old daughter's eyes during a superhero flick. But hey, good on. Like this, like what you guys are talking about was my other deep philosophical debate was, is this a kid's film? Because literally that part where the ginger woman touches the door <laughs> and disintegrates, especially the hardest part about watching that is I'm sitting beside a, a very proud member that, you know, card-carrying ginger of the National Gingers Association. <laughs> and, she, and she was just like, huh. and I was like, I can't believe they killed one of your kind like this. This is horrible. And she's like, oh, it happens to us all the time. But yeah, we were like, what's was horrifying. It and it was, it was horrifying. Honestly, I was like, is this I was like oh my God, I can't watch this. Oh. this is yeah, no, that... The only, the only thing I can bring it. it back to is that when I was very young watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and all the Nazis got their faces melted. But then again, I was like, yeah, but that's Nazis. That's the bad guys. This is just some ginger doctor who's been roped in off the street to try and help this guy with his, like, you know, research or whatever. She's not bad. She's just a ginger. Yeah, <laughs> She's, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> I think for me, something that kind of came up when, you know, Freddie and Billy were kind of a little bit at odds because Billy is taking his newfound powers a lot less seriously with Freddie would, understandably so, because they're in a different circumstance, you know, and Freddie kind of calls out Billy just for kind of like, you know, using his powers and taking up money. But I was like, you know what? Should superheroes get paid? Like, mm. it, how do they make a living? You know, they, they can't be, you know, you know uh, uh, Clark Kent working at the Daily Planet, right? I mean, this is mm. Billy. He's a teenager. You know, essentially he's a foster kid. Like, you know, I feel like he needs to be able to, you know, monetize his gifts, right? I mean, the Joker said himself, you know, if you, if you do something good, you know, you don't do it for free. <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah, true. even when the... If the villain said, you know, it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We'll move on to the next question, which is question number four and the first of our Patreon questions. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave also has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome, awesome content. You should all go check out. 
And what Dave would like to know is which character from this film would have had the best online social media presence and on what platform? What do you got there, Liz? I was pointing to Colby to go first. Okay, you go first, Colby. <laughs> what do you got there, Colby? Oh, it's definitely Eugene. Little Eugene, this guy is plugged in. The first time that you meet mm. him, he's on his little Alienware, Mac, you know, little computer and stuff like that. You know, he knows how to hack the net. Like, he's the type of guy that would go on, like, you know, um, one of those, uh, what's that, what that, what's that Netflix show? The Circle, right? Yeah. He'd be oh, yeah. on The Circle. And he would be the guy like, oh, I'm going to straight catfish everybody. I'm a super genius 10-year-old <laughs> who doesn't know that I'm about to get superpowers in like a couple of weeks. And like that guy, he's just going to be plugged in. He knows what's going on. He's a little hip lingo and, lingo and stuff like that. You know, he's cool with the cool kids and stuff like that, but he plays the nerd. Um, but like in his, like, you know, digital life, he's something a lot more. I could see him mm. um, streaming streaming his gameplay on Twitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would definitely, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be the Twitch too. king. Yeah, yeah, totally. So for me, it was uh, Freddy, and it was his presence on Reddit. And I think he'd be basically on all over a whole bunch of the subreddits, like superhero subreddits. He'd be on Today I Learned. He'd be on like all these different ones where he's talking about his weird facts and his superhero uh, superhero information. Like he'd just be having big arguments with everybody about whether this power is better than that power, who would win in a fight, Easily. Superman or Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's bad. That, that would be him. Yeah, yeah, that would be him. Especially when you see like the first his first response to Shazam is to video it and stick it up on what it YouTube. looks like YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've already seen that he's massive on YouTube, so he'd easily translate that following onto Reddit. Yeah. The one for me was the dad, because he's like the head of a major corporation, and he's probably like a hardcore troll on Twitter, you know, just (laughs) just basically (laughs) tweeting whatever comes into his head each day as if it's fact, you know, with no real like rhyme or reason. And like, maybe he's just specifically picking out other trolls that he's just retweeting and then saying, this is fact, this is fact, this is fact. I mean, I've heard of like guys that are the head of corporations, you know, they have their names on everything. I've heard of people doing that. You know, some of them become presidents. So, you know, like maybe he's there. <laughs> Who, Sam? Who? Oh, no one specifically. But... <laughs> <laughs> that moves us over to question number five. Also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Julio of the Contrarians podcast. An awesome, awesome podcast that I listen to where they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So they'll take a film that's universally beloved like this one and then basically go to bat for why it's crap. Or they'll take one that's like really negatively reviewed and sort of argue why it's awesome. And what would Julio like to know there, Liz? What is your most controversial opinion about this film? Go, Colby. This is the best kids ensemble in any superhero movie ever. Yeah. Go to the, cata- go to the catalog of your brain. Think of all the superhero, like all the kids on film in superhero movies. These collectively are the best. They sit at the top because most kids in superhero movies are awful. Think yes. of the little kid in Superman Returns. Awful. <laughs> Think of the little kid in Iron Man 3. Awful. And he has yeah. the gall to come back in Endgame. Awful. Uh, you know why I agree with you on that one, Colby? Because we're connected. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a line out of Iron Man 3 for you. Yes, <laughs> Liz. Cool. Yeah, didn't watch it. Okay. Anywho. My controversial opinion is that you, you guys are weird. No, uh, my <laughs> my most controversial opinion, I'm not even sure it'll be that controversial, but um, I felt that the villain backstory in this was super weak. Like, mm. yeah, his dad was a dick, but, I mean, it hardly means that you need to go and take all of the power of the universe and, like, go kill people and, like, have them destroy his entire board of cheer Board of whatever. The board well, of chairs. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> board of chairs. The board of suits. <laughs> board of yeah. Yeah. There was no need for him to go and kill off the entire board of his dad's company or whatever in such a horrific way. And he just seems like this sulky whinger. Like he keeps bringing up these lines from that one day and you're like, get over it, mate. Like, I think that's what's pretty dope about like the two sides of the same coin when you have like superhero and the nemesis, right? Because they both had a pretty like shitty upbringing, but like the amount of emotional like, you know, abuse that we saw just in that car alone, and he's like 10. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that for the next 30 to 40 years, that manifests and, like, becomes something that's quite warped. I mean, mm. like, with very uncompassionately, just picks up your brother and tosses him through a window. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. I can tell he must have done some things to him. <laughs> Later, oh, yeah, his brother was clearly a dick yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, I just, I got the vibe that he was just more of a jerk than yeah. he was evil. Like, he was just a jerk. Yeah. And you're like, God, just piss off, mate. Like, <laughs> you could have taken that anger and that energy and channeled it into doing a rival company against your dad's or whatever, but apparently you just stormed around in black jackets and whinging. <laughs> Although he was a doctor. 
Although it never really said what kind of doctor he was. That's true. Did it? Just a doctor of evil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he actually dressed like Doctor Evil, like with the he whole did. Like, collar he thing did. and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely do that PhD <laughs> yeah. if that was an option. Uh, my controversial opinion, and ooh, spoiler alert! But this is a sneak preview for one of my questions later. Billy Batson, what the hell is he doing in the powers, man? That guy's locking <laughs> cops in stores and stuff like that. This guy's yes. a little jackass. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, when they were talking about, oh, it has to be a kid that's pure of heart. And then he locked him in the store. I thought, well, it's not him. Yeah, it's definitely not him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I get it. He's, he's got a noble cause. He's trying to find his mum. He's like centered and like just on that. And he's just everything else is superfluous or whatever. But I was like, come on, man. Like he goes to a house and that's the worst problem is he goes to a house where there's about four or five other kids that are way more deserving than he is. And, <laughs> and so was like, did the wizard just go, oh, fuck it, spin the dice. Here we go. That'll do. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I got that vibe that it was just kind of like, oh, well, crap, you're the only person that's turned up. You you seem okay. Yeah, which yeah, sort of... Like, it seems like the wizard love. really was like, you know what, I only want to target kids for some reason. I mean, like, I mean, don't don't crap on adults. Like, there's some pretty good ones. Like, let me tell you something. That mom and dad, like, they're the purest foster parents, like, that I've yeah. ever seen. Like, you know, like, it's... They're, 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 they're high-ranking foster parents, you know? Oh, and, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That moves us over anyway. to question number six, which is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins. That moves us over to question number six, which is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins. Emily runs the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she takes a movie that everybody loves, everyone thinks is great, and then says if she sort of enjoys it or not, or maybe goes on about how it's overrated, and then sort of sort of pitches another movie that most people haven't heard of, or most people haven't given the time or dues that she thinks it deserves. I'll have a link in the show notes down below, but what is her question there, Colby? Which side character would make for the best spin-off movie? And I'd have to go with Freddy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Freddy, this guy, I, I just imagine him on like a movie where it's like, man, I've been such a good sidekick who now can occasionally have powers of my own. He's like, all right, I'm gonna schmooze with, you know, with um with Superman. I'm gonna try to butter up next to Wonder Woman. And like the, the his biggest, you know, like his his penultimate film is going to be him trying to team up with Batman because he wants to be like the new Robin, but like kind of his own Robin, like who can fly for real and stuff like that. And then just be like, you know, just see how much of his freddiness can work on the other superheroes. Yeah, what yeah. you said, that's my answer. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my choice of the side character was actually kind of like a group of characters because I would go the monsters. I'd like to see a prequel of um, how they came to be like, wreaking havoc and then got captured i thought that'd be quite interesting like if they were inhabiting like inhabiting other mm -hmm. people and running around causing crazy time i thought that would be cool i have no of the english today <laughs> speak good england <laughs> yeah hey i've got like a really sort of like light-hearted and sort of like romantic comedy style film about the seven deadly sins that you should watch it's called seven it's like really good you know yeah. that's what you're into what's in the box man <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, was with a Troy. Uh, oh, please. But yeah, like, I don't think uh, so. like I'm just going to keep it short. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was with you there, Colby. I want a Freddie movie. That guy is the man. He's awesome. He uh, that moves us over to uh, another Patreon question. It's our final one. And this comes courtesy of Dan Bredick of the Netflix and Swill podcast, an awesome Netflix podcast. It just covers everything Netflix related original TV, movies, um, news, you know, like upcoming announcements, all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's just the bomb. And Dan threw two questions at us, one of which is a little bit silly. And then we've got this one, which sort of makes us get our thinking caps on. It makes us ponder how we'd handle the marketing of this film. So basically, imagine this. We're the head of Netflix. We're the head of marketing for Netflix. And we'd be making this movie as a Netflix original. When do you guys reckon you would have dropped the first trailer for this film? I think the absolute best time to do it would have been when the previous theme of the film of the DC universe came out which was Aquaman because Aquaman was a big success everybody was really getting into it it had a bit it was a bit more lighthearted and a bit more fun and I think they really could have like played off that and gone oh look this Aquaman film's come out you love it you think it's fun and entertaining we're bringing out Shazam in a six months or a year or whatever that's gonna be the same sort of movie yeah I can dig that makes sense what about you Colby all right well I'm gonna win with this one <laughs> here we go I thought mine was the best answer what we you give got? it the Cloverfield treatment we literally release the trailer night of and say, oh, by the way, not right at the end of the trailer, the movie's out now. Bam. Yes. Because the only reason why anybody watched Cloverfield Paradox was, one, we saw the trailer. Like, oh, where'd this thing come out of? Wait, it's available tonight? 
After the Super Bowl, everybody was so instantly curious. They said, I don't even care if I need to go to work tomorrow. After watching the Super Bowl, I'm going to watch this stupid movie. And boy, was it stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And they capitalized on it. And I think with this film, just the fact that, you know, with Netflix, they don't have to worry about trying to kind of set up these particular windows and trying to like satisfy like, you know, a box office take. You get the trailer and then you find out right at the end of the trailer, movies out now, people are running a press play. That is true. That's a very good point. And you're right. You're right about Cloverfield Paradox. There's no way in hell anybody would have watched that film or not nearly as many people would have watched that film if they hadn't released it like the way they did. Because, man, once Weird Mouth got out about that film, like, yeah, I can really dig that. Uh, I like, I, what about you, Sam? Well, like, I was thinking about it, and like, you're spending $100 million on this film, so clearly you want to get Weird Mouth out there, you want to get some people signed up and onto Netflix. So, and again, it's DC film. You know, there's been sort of a rocky road to the DC universe that we've got to now with, you know, like, we're starting to hit sort of a bit more of like a regular high of quality. So, yeah, I probably would have said about two months. I reckon two months is enough to drop it and go, okay, guess what was coming in two months' time and just build a little bit of hype. That's what I would have done. Sweet. And move over to question number eight. What is it there, Liz? Okay, which character is probably a hardcore flat earther? <laughs> yeah, it's those, it's those fucking brothers with the Ford truck. <laughs> That's my answer too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that. Yours as well, Sam? Oh, no, it was it was sickened. I was sickened. I actually had... They were clearly the stupidest people. They were absolutely... Like, well, yeah. you say that... You say that, and they were. They were my number one for a long time. And then I remembered this one scene in the film that for some reason the film directors needed to put it in there, maybe as a little bit of character development or something like that. But when Pedro comes home, he basically goes to throw his maths test in the bin, and we see on his maths test he's got a massive F. F. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that. For no reason, for no reason, we've got to establish that this poor little kid is stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Like, he could have just walked into the bathroom, saw the book, and been like, hey, what's this? Could have listened to that. Didn't need to establish this poor kid. This poor little Fossick is an idiot as well. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> That's gold. I hadn't even clicked on that, but you're that so right. But there's just something about those brothers were like, you know what? They seem oh. like they would. And, like, what? how old are they? Like, what grade are they in? Like, it's obviously, yeah. like, one of those mixed schools where they have, like, you know, elementary, middle, and high school all together. Like, they didn't look that old to drive, like, this, yeah. you know, $40,000 truck on their own and don't park it anywhere. Just like randomly drive it into like the sidewalk and hit kids. <laughs> into a disabled student. <laughs> like, Let me, Jesus. I, I don't know. Like I've just always like, you know, into like any type of, you know, you know, disabled person. Like it's like, oh, I'm just going to randomly just hit you. Like just tap you <laughs> at full speed. <laughs> yeah. That could have gone really wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. really and then Wait, you put a dent in my truck. You hit yeah. me with your truck. <laughs> And that yeah. and that moves us down to question number nine, which is a basically one of our fan favorites. What is it there, Colby? What quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after you finish having sex? This okay. film is littered <laughs> with them, so yeah. how yes. Go. What do you got, Colby? You go first. Dude, you're stacked. You're almost as cool as Superman. Well, almost. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like That's that. pretty good. <laughs> Surely you'd like to hear that you're almost as cool as Superman. But then, like, to almost like it, almost, because now I'm going to forever be in the shadow of that Kal-El guy. Like, oh, yeah, true. That's got to yeah. that's, that's mess with you. Because you never would have been otherwise, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's aiming for the stars. Uh, for me, I was a bit worried you were going to use mine because it starts the same. Uh, mine is, dude, I don't even know how to pee in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know what thing. I don't know why peeing is necessary. Like none of it. Oh, oh I like that. Terrifying. Uh, you miserable whiny little shit. You could have killed us. Do you understand that? <laughs> Not ideal. But you got to do it in that high pitch voice. You miserable whiny shit. You could have killed us. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. And then my final one, and this is my favorite, I only saw it very late in the piece, very glad I saw this, is what? You think I'm going to put a demon ball in my head? That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Wow, there really are a lot of quality things in the lines of this film. Because I I love Mark Strong's American accent so so strong. And at the end of the the boardroom, when he was talking about the Magic 8 Ball, Outlook. Not so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Oh hell yeah! Oh my gosh, too. his American accent almost sounds like Sean Connery. <laughs> like for some reason, it's weird. So Y'all to me, he just sounded American, like I <laughs> didn't hear anything different. Cool, and that moves us down to the final questions of questions that can be applied to any film, and it's making a triumphant return. It's one of Stacey's favorite questions. What flavor pizza is this film? Okay, so for me, I decided that it is a Hawaiian pizza because it is sweet, like the pineapple. There's a lot of sweetness in it, but it's meaty. You know, there's a lot of backstory and, and you know, exposition and explanations of things. Mm. So that's where the ham comes in. Excellent. What do you got there, Colby? This is totally a supreme pizza because it's got a little bit of everything, right? Like it's got like the crunch that you get from some of the biting, you know, commentary, you know, from uh, that you get from our villain. And then you also got like this meatiness, like, you know, what Liz was talking about there. And you got a little bit of everything else. You got onions, you got the black olives, you got, you know, mushrooms. Like this is one of those fully loaded Supreme pizzas that covers a little bit of everything because it's a very colorful ensemble, right? And just like when I'm thinking about for some reason, like the color of this pizza, and I keep thinking like the green that comes from Pedro's superhero outfit, like, oh yeah, that's a nice bell pepper right there. And not because he's Hispanic, but just, you know, just in general. <laughs> Oh, I don't what want to follow you, you two now. God, this is some well for out answers. <laughs> Yours is going to be weirdly literal, like it always is. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that sprung to mind is apricot chicken. Now, apricot chicken pizzas, typically on the outside, you look at them and you think, apricot chicken, that doesn't really sound that appealing or it doesn't really no. work together. And okay. and for some reason, I love apricot chicken. Like apricot cranberry chicken is like one of my favorite pizzas. And it's just, there's something about it, like it's combining a couple of different things together. And that's what this film is. It's combining like a like the child aspect with the superhero aspect with like like an origin story mixed with like a bit of darkness and sort of underlying issues about how much we hate our fathers and the themes that run through it. It's and a very complex slice of pizza. Exactly. And that's what I'm going okay. for. I mean, you're just saying how we all hate our fathers. I mean, my dad's okay. Yeah, okay. Well, some of us are very lucky. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry to, you know. Some of us face. didn't get deserted at fairground by our mother when we were little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've been I, looking I totally for her ever since, Liz. <laughs> Anywho, that takes us down to our personal questions, which are questions that we uh, can ask the other two that we don't necessarily have to answer ourselves. Can if we want. And uh, yeah, Liz, you're cool. starting us off. What do you got there, Liz? Question 11. What do you reckon is the Marvel equivalent of Shazam? Doctor Strange. Yeah. Both dealing with magic, you know, kind of a fish out of water story. They rely on, you know, a teammate to kind of build them up and let them know that they can be able to do this. And then ultimately they're the ones that, you know, come to save the day in the end and, you know, try to band everything together and find out that, you know, that there was this, this kind of something was kind of off the entire time. Yeah, Doctor Strange. And, and I think where I have Doctor Strange ranked, the films that are above it in the MCU, they're all like nines and tens, mm. right? Where I have Doctor Strange is like an eight out of 10, and that's where I have Shazam at. So yeah, Doctor Strange. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, I was, I was the same because, I mean, he combines some elements. So, you know, he's, he's throwing lightning around like four, and he's the best out of all of us. So he's almost a little bit of Captain America. Unless, Liz, you'll accept uh, Dr. Captain Four. Do you know who he is? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, he's this new character I just made up. He's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, question 12. Which of the adult versions of the kids would you have recast and with who? Like, Dala, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, was just so lovable and cute and funny and just enjoyable. And that's why I would have recast her with Samira Wiley, who played uh, Pussy Washington on Orange <gasps> is the New Black. Yes! Oh, she's one of the few women that I would go lady love for. Like, <laughs> oh, that's good to know. I but... love Samira Wiley. She's so hot, but she's also such a lovely person. She is. She's, she's just like, amazing. she's lovable. She's cute. She's funny as hell. She's what I imagine Dala would look like, sort of as an like a, like a ultimate version. That's sort of like what I could imagine her. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I went with Dala as well because Megan Good just doesn't do it for me. Weird because like she was like, she was a really big crush when I was a kid. But uh, like just as she's become an adult, I'm like, eh, I'm over you. So I would have like swapped out Megan Good, but for Gugu and Batha Ra. Ooh. May have been too small of a part, 
But I don't think that she would have taken a regular DC role anyway. So to get her in there, to have her be the more mature Darla, I just think she's effervescent. She's drop-dead gorgeous. She's fun. Yeah, goo-goo. Yeah, I can see that. That's awesome, Colby. And then my last question is number 13. Yeah, this confused me, and maybe I missed something at the start, or I don't know, but how did the bad guy, uh, like Dr. Savannah, work out that he needed that list of symbols on a door to get back to this lair? Like, they just, I was like, wait, what? Mm. Well, he's a doctor, so I'm presuming that he did a lot of research. A doctor of evil. (laughs) (laughs) He's a doctor of evil. And, like, um, it's, yeah, I would... I, yeah, I'm just thinking he did a ton of research. And this, <laughs> really, the way it came to it was like, it's the sequencing of, of, of the symbols. I didn't yeah. get that. And a seven and seven times seven. And I'm like, oh, that, that's it? And you just wrote that shit on the door? Okay. And the ginger chick's just like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was, and <laughs> this is not a door like, to another yeah. universe. See ya. What? Yeah. What do you got, Sam? So this kind of segues perfectly into one of my questions that I had a bit of curiosity about. But here's what I reckon, right? I reckon all the wizards. You know, like, because we only see one and we discover that a couple of the other ones have all died off or whatever. But I reckon all the wizards went out on the booze just one time and one of them got like <laughs> really like steaming drunk and then just started mouthing off to this hot chick at the bar. And he was like, you should totally come back to my cave. Just come back to my cave and hang out with me. She was like, okay, you know, like sort of tolerating him. And then he, rather than give him, give her his phone number, he was like, the only way to give you my, like, you know, how to get hold of me is here's all the symbols and you just got to put this on a door or something. She was like, what the fuck is this? And so she, <laughs> she walked away and was just like, this guy is a fucking idiot. And he's like, yeah, you know, like real lecherous ass. And so she went home. Checked it up on her Instagram and was just like, look at this shit, everyone. Look at the type of shit. Look at men these days. Look at the type of shit I've got to put up with. Trying to get me to come to some goddamn cave with six of his friends. What the fuck is he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, meanwhile, Dr. You know, Savannah or whatever, he's like Googling. Or he's going all over Instagram. He's trying to find these symbols. And then he found that and he was just like, oh, so that's how it works. Like maybe she ripped it up. Maybe it was a blurry photo. Maybe she, you know, didn't have all the information because there was a bit of like, like booze spilled over it, but he had just enough to see exactly what he was supposed to do. So that's what I reckon. Yeah, okay. And that takes me to my questions. I'm actually going to like skip to my second question because it's sort of touching on what I was just talking about. And I want to know from you guys, what the hell happened to all the other wizards? Did they go out on the piss? Did they all contract a disease and then just die off? Is that while while the main wizard just stayed at home, you know? Like what what happened? No. It was super noble. It was one of those things where they were having um, like the world-ending fight like the thing at the end of that Endgame movie where everybody's trying to fight everybody that and stuff. That Endgame movie? <laughs> I knew, I knew I will that not would annoy stand you. for this shit. That's me getting you back for telling me that the podcast was recording an hour earlier than it Cheeky okay, shit. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, that's fair. Um, yeah, so like, you know, the, it was the big epic battle and the other ones sacrificed themselves so that old Shazam was, could go and like race up and pull out his eyeball. Right. So he, they were all getting murdered while he went up and just went, got your eyeball. Yeah, that's my theory. Interesting. Well, I'll give you the very uh, nerdy question. Apparently, uh, what's going to be happening in the Black Adam movie where The Rock will be playing the Black Adam, uh, if you notice that inside of Shazam, the elderly wizard was detailing how a previous champion abused his power and essentially murdered his brothers and sisters. So that was The Rock uh, as Black Adam. <laughs> oh, cool. Loved it, so wait, the previous champion was The Rock? That's correct, yes. Oh, that's going to be banging. I love The Rock. Uh, you might have noticed he was actually one of the executive producers on this film, Liz. I did He's notice, trying actually. to get Black Adam made for years. And, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. nice. nice. Love a bit of Dwayne. Love a bit of D. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all. So that will move me on. Uh, speaking about DC movies, that will move me on to my next question, which is we've obviously seen Batman and Superman duke it out on the big screen. And uh, as Colby mentioned earlier, Shazam's a bit of a knockoff of Superman. But I want to know from you guys, who do you reckon will win in a fight, Superman or Shazam? Clearly it's Shazam because Freddy knows everything about Superman and will know about kryptonite. So if he knew they were going to get into a battle, he'd just be like, hey, bro, go get some kryptonite and throw it to him in the middle of the battle and Superman would be screwed. That's a good point. Because you do yeah, you do have that intelligence. Shazam doesn't have yeah, and Shazam doesn't have that weakness. Like his weakness is that he's a little boy if he says the word Shazam, but Superman would have to get him to say it somehow. True. What about you, Colby? Yes, so essentially, um, I'll I'll dig a little bit deep into my DC bag as well. Uh, There was a DC animated film called Superman Shazam where Superman and Shazam 
um, first fought and then teamed up against Black Adam. Um, Shazam got the upper hand in the beginning of the battle. So I would give Shazam round one because Superman is, um, he has a weakness to magic. Um, yes. So, uh, yes, he has a weakness to magic that he's adverse to. Um, but as the case with most Superman battles, um, he's essentially a god. Uh, and when he learns to get the upper hand, which he commonly does inside of a fight, he will come out the victor. So um, I'll give round one to Shazam, uh, but I would give Superman uh, the ultimate victory. <laughs> I can dig that. And final question, as I mentioned earlier, didn't really agree with old Billy B being becoming Shazam. I thought there was a couple of kids in the house that were actually way more deserving to become Shazam. So I want to know from you guys, which kid do you reckon actually deserved to become Shazam? Uh, my answer is definitely Dala mm. because she was just like totally pure of heart. All she wanted to do was do the right thing and be a good sister. And how cute would that movie have been? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 something special. She's like, oh, I did it. You see, I kept the secret. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so cute. So cute. Um, yeah. I actually, That's I went with Pedro. Idea. Like, I like the strong, silent type, you know, and, it's, and, and, and now. So you do know, I. That he's a total dunce. I'm like, he needs this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't know how long it would have taken, him to, you know, with the weights to kind of get to where he wanted to be. But like he got a little bit accelerated and like he looked good that, you know, in that outfit. You know, that was, was, was a nice look for him. Mm. Oh, interesting. See, I'd say Freddie deserved it more than Pedro because like he. Oh, this would be like my other like, you know, um, controversial opinion. I think that Freddie would be like, I don't, I, this is one thing I don't know for the comics. I think Freddie as a superhero would become a villain later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. He'd yeah. definitely get high like, on his own supply and then just become <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a total he's best piece of sidekick. Yeah. Like he's the ultimate sidekick. He's exactly what you want in a yeah. sidekick. He's the ultimate. You stay yeah. in your lane, dude. You just stay in your lane. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And that moves us over to Colby. What are your questions there, mate? Yeah. So question number seventeen. Shazam, as we know, he possesses the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Which ability do you covet the most? And least. I would say the one I covered at the least, surprisingly, was the wisdom of Solomon because there was no evidence whatsoever that Shazam had any of that. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't think of a single instance where he had any kind of wisdom. So I was like, I'll just keep my own wisdom, thanks. The one I'd want the most was the speed of Mercury just because it'd be super convenient. It'd like sprint off like in super speed to like the beach or like to work. I wouldn't have to like commute. This is the most adult answer ever. <laughs> I'm, it is. It'll be make it'll make adulting more easy. So yes, that's my answer. It's funny you bring up the intelligence thing because I, I thought the younger Billy Batson was actually smarter than Shazam. Like the way they play him, yeah, hundred percent. He seems way more mature. He seems way more like realistic of his surroundings. <laughs> everything. It's like as soon as he turns into Shazam, he's like, "Oh, I'm a giant jackass now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe Solomon wasn't that smart. Maybe he was just a giant jackass. So as soon as, as, soon as you turn into that person, oh, yeah. you get this, like, what is it? The That's wisdom true. of Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon. It doesn't mean he had good yeah, exactly. wisdom. It doesn't mean he was smart. <laughs> yeah. Solomon was, like, just a big dum-dum. That's yeah, quite really, possible. Yeah. It was really interesting that in the film, like, he didn't seem to be, like, when he was Shazam, he wasn't making the most wise of decisions. Definitely displayed strength. So, like, I would definitely say that I would cover most the strength of Hercules. Now, I didn't think that Hercules was as strong. Because, like, my Hercules is Kevin Sorbo, and that's all that I, you know, yeah. I stand. Um, like that's, that's Hercules, right? And he didn't do what, what Shazam did in this movie. Definitely like the least coveted is the courage because this guy was a big chicken shit. Yeah. Cause the moment that Dr. Slap from my hands, slap from my hands. He's like, oh no, I don't want any of this. I'm just going to run. <laughs> I'm going to run and throw Batman at you inside of a toy store. Yeah, like, exactly. True. Where was the courage? There was no courage of Achilles. <laughs> no, it wasn't. There arguably definitely hey, look, was a couple of powers that were missing here. The wisdom and the courage that yeah. was missing. The, the one for me, the one that I would have coveted the most is strength is great, power is great, and speed is great. But if you don't have the stamina to back it up, and you, <laughs> you're done. You know, you can go on about speed as much as you like, Liz. You know, what if you're like out of breath by the time you make it to the end of your driveway? Sure, you got there in like half a second, but you're like curled over. Just <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm not surprised that a man in his 30s would choose stamina. Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> man, do I need it. <laughs> Shit is slowing down. Shit is getting shorter. <laughs> Stacy is going to hear that and be like, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of which. So what's the least useful? Well, the least for me, and this is a similar vein, was strength. Because, 
Like, sure, you're super strong, but how much ridiculous amount of property damage would you cause every time you go anywhere? You wouldn't be able to close doors. You wouldn't be able to get into your car. Every time you jumped into your oh, bed, yeah. you'd smash through it into the floor below. Like, strength for me. You need to have proper control of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, okay, sure, if you've got control of it, then maybe it'd be all right. Because the other thing I was thinking of was you'd never be able to have sex again. You know, like one of your thrusts would put your wife through the fucking like, wall of your house. So you'd be like, what? I get, I'd probably still take that risk. <laughs> yeah, I know one. you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed like there was like some type of little chemistry there with his foster sister. So I was like, you know, hopefully they just have to yeah. kind of like shazammed up to kind of make that work. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of his foster sister, did you notice that she had the same color outfit, but the others didn't? Like she was red yeah. as well. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. Like, there's a lot of colours. Why not just pick another colour? And also, she was the only one wearing a little skirt, which I thought was weird also. Like, if I'm a superhero chick, I'm not wearing a skirt. Yeah. I can tell you that. If I'm flying around and stuff, like, I don't need that flipping up and showing my knickers. That's a good point. Come on, I'm, I've got things to do. I've got lives to save. Yeah. I'm not showing everyone my breakfast. But yeah. Jeez and speaking Louise. of other superheroes that come into play in the film, and Liz, you mentioned it earlier, Superman makes a cameo at the end of this film. So question number 18 is that since he makes that cameo at the end of the film, only from the neck down. In the Shazam sequel, what DCEU hero would you have cameo similarly to impress the kids at a school cafeteria? So my pick was Wonder Woman because she'd be super lovely and friendly and she'd chat to all the kids and she'd be really inspirational for the girls. I just think that'd be awesome. Plus, it would probably help the guys get girlfriends. Like, she'd oh, yeah. totally be a good wingman. Yeah. And keep in mind, we're only Wing talking from chin, yeah. from chin down. Like, that's, that, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if they're, if they're going to cut over here, that makes it a bit pervy, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, my answer was Wonder Woman as well, because, like, sure, all the guys and girls would see Superman and be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's, like, the, the epitome of what a man could be. And then they'd also look yeah. at Wonder Woman, but... Like, not only that, it, like, yeah, as you said, girls are looking to be like, wow, that's a great role model. Every guy there would just be like, oh, holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they'd really need some stamina. Like, nothing's going to impress a guy any more well, than, like, a hot, than a hot dude than basically a hot girl. That's, like, the only thing that would yep. bring a bunch of teenage boys, you know? Well, I was thinking, yeah, like, you brought along Batman after Superman, they're going to be like, you're the guy with the fast car and the things that you throw. Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it just... It's not quite as cool as a guy who could like stop bullets and yeah. have laser eyes and stuff. And like, yeah, but that's why you need somebody even cooler like Aquaman. I mean, it's Jason freaking Momoa. That's it's- true, actually. Aquaman could pull it off. The, yeah. the only oh, thing yeah. I'll say about Aquaman is, boy, that guy's going to stink. <laughs> <laughs> why? He's washing all the time. He's in, in the water nonstop. He's in fucking in salt water, man. He's going to reek. Have you smelled it? Salt you- water and beer. I, I was like, I've got a couple of mates that used to be like professional fishermen and they come back from two weeks on the ocean, bro. You do not want to be anywhere near those dudes. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. I'd still probably do it, to be honest, though. And it's Jason Momoa. Like, just a couple of nose plates and just dive in, eh? Yeah. <laughs> dive in. 100%. Bit of Vicks under the nose. We'll be sweet. Oh, and then moving on to question number 19. Is Shazam a Christmas movie? Look. If Die Hard's a Christmas movie, and I, I stand by that, that it is a Die Hard, uh, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then this is a Christmas movie as well. No, I disagree, because I also agree Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I felt Die Hard embraced the festivities a bit more. Shazam, you can't just throw a, like a Santa screaming obscenities down a camera and expect that to make it a Christmas <laughs> movie. Like, like that's, it needed a bit more festive. Like, you know, he did the whole ho, ho, ho thing in Die Hard. And- Think of the iconography. We have a Santa. Mm. We have Christmas yeah. music. We have dressing a Christmas tree. We have a family we dinner. Do? And I think that they, the family itself celebrates the themes of the Christmas spirit. Absolutely. That was well, my answer too. Like this family coming together as one. And that's what everyone does at Christmas. They put aside their differences and become a family. Uh, so that takes us down to question number 20, which is our listen question. Question that we threw out there to you guys on Facebook and Twitter to answer for us. But before we get into your answers, we're going to run through ours. So the question this week is, what is your top three DC films? Yeah, Liz, why don't you start us off? Why don't you tell us what your top three DC films are? Uh, I'm glad you did broaden the scope because I didn't know there was a difference between DC and DCEU. So. <laughs> yeah, okay, so moving on. Uh, no, Bring my number three experts. is actually... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not one of them. Okay, so uh, my number three would be Shazam. Uh, it was a good film, entertaining, liked it. Yep, would probably watch again. Good one-liners. Uh, my number two would be Wonder Woman. Really, you know, great to see a, a female superhero. It's You almost never get that opportunity to see a woman kicking ass. And I actually had quite a moment of, you know, of heartfelt 
pride almost seeing her sprinting across the battlefield when all the men um, pussied mm. out and were at the back. So yeah, that, that was good. It was a good fun. But I found her a little bit too pure of heart, I guess. Like, you know, she it was just a, a bit, bit um, innocent and yeah. yeah, sweet for me. Like a, yeah. Uh, and then my top film is Aquaman, which surprised wow. me when I thought about it. Cause oh, wow. yeah, I know. But actually when I thought about it, I really liked Aquaman. It was easy to watch. It was entertaining. Jason Momoa is just yeah, he's great. <laughs> like, but, you know, like it wasn't, it didn't go too complicated or anything. I didn't have to know 60 years of backstory to get the hell of the idea of what was going on. And um, yeah. My top three, I've got actually quite similar in a couple of different respects. I really thought your number one was going to be quite different than Aquaman. But I do have Batman Returns in my number three spot. Ooh. Cool Michael Keaton, goddess Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Danny DeVito. I mean, you got Christopher Walken, the music, the mood, Tim Burton. Like, one, at the time, I thought it was one of the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah. Like, this sounds cheesy as hell. Oh, my God. When's the, last, when's the last time you watched it? It is so good. It is. It is really good. Uh, really, really good. Uh, in my number two spot, I do have Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, Curse Pine. I mean, like, I love that naivete that, um, that, sh- that Gal Gadot brought to the character. I think it was really cute. Um, because it was so honest, it made the fish out of water story feel very authentic, especially to that time where she just has a pure instinct to be able to do good in a world that doesn't allow for do-gooders. And I just thought that was brilliant. The action was great. Um, and like, you know, yes, is it the greatest like third act? Um, I actually didn't mind it at all. Mm. I like big CGI monsters. So yeah, give me that. No problem. Right. And then my number one, I'm going to go with the Dark Knight. Yep. Yeah, I knew now, you were going to say that. Yeah. I'll say this because, like, The Dark Knight, it is an exceptionally well made film. It's not a great Batman movie. Mm. Like, I love the myth. I, I love the, the, the mythos of Batman, the legend, the sometimes supernatural of like that character and the world. And I think that Christopher Nolan does an exceptional film. I think he overly grounds it, but that doesn't make it bad. It just makes it a different adaptation. You know, but for what that was doing, I mean, it's well performed, it's well cast. You have one of the most iconic villain performances from Heath Ledger. It's a great film. Yeah. Um, I wish the action doesn't hold up all that good. At least, okay, the fight scenes don't hold up mm, all that good. You yeah. go back and watch some of those, but there's one ballroom scene, you're just like, the hell is going on? But everything else in that, it is a damn good DC movie. So yeah, that's my that's my three. Batman Returns, Wonder Woman, The Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean, like, spoiler alert, that's obviously my number one as well. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, yeah, similar to you, Colby, as it, as it goes on, like, as I've rewatched it, the cracks have started to appear. There's, you know, um, there's, like, a couple of things that sort of detract from it. But at the end of the day, like, there's still so much in there that's just so much goodness that you can't sort of, like, fault it really. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone's talked ad infinitum for about bloody Heath Ledger's performance, and it is. It's just phenomenal. It's just one of the best villain performances of mm. all time. Yeah, I'll just go back in reverse order. So my number two is an animated film, and similar to The Dark Knight, it's The Dark Knight Returns. Now, Dark Knight Returns is one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. It's one of the few that I've reread over and over again. And animated films from DC typically are either amazingly brilliant or pretty, like, you guys have missed the mark of what that comic was trying to, <laughs> trying to go yeah. for. So they've, they go out of their way to, like, you know, adapt, like, classic graphic novels. And that one is just phenomenal. So it's, like, very yeah. truthful and very honest to the comics, but it's just a good film as well. And then, yeah, we've, we've talked about it. Wonder Woman number three. I'm with you, Colby. I'm with you on I enjoy the last act a little bit more than like most people. Like most of the naysayers are like, it's just CGI. It's just overkill and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I read it. I wrote an article for um, uh, in their own league about it. And I re- went back and rewatched it because I remember that being one of my biggest criticisms. And the thing I took away because I actually had to watch it in two sittings due to dad life is that if, if because of the earlier scenes that are just so phenomenally well shot and choreographed and the action is just like pure bliss like on the beach and then when she storms the battlefront those just give you such an overkill of delight that by the time you get to the third one you're like ah but the other ones were better but if you watch it if you watch it within you know like 24 hour separation so watch the last act the next day you actually realize no this is actually really good it's just that you've had your tastes sated by something else so yeah Yeah. so yeah wonder woman and i think that's true about a lot of stuff where a film can do something so good, it colors the way how another piece of the film works in the end. Not because it's objectively bad, it's just what came before it was so good. Yeah. Like the bar was raised in that part. So you're like, oh, what's this? Like, why did you do it? You know, having worked on film sets, sometimes you just get tired <laughs> when you just wake up <laughs> and you're like, 
you know, let's just get this thing done with. Like, it's the end of the movie. Like, you know, let's just let's let's just do it. You know, like, could it have been done better? Like, would I like to see some jacked seven foot tall dude? You know, be like this. You know, yes. Like, now I'm thinking of Aries from I'm thinking of Aries from Hercules. Like, yeah. Remember yeah. that guy with the with the long black hair? Like, oh man, that guy. He was really suave looking, right? Imagine like he was like, yeah, you know. Oh, but you know, it didn't happen. You know, we got the guy from Harry Potter. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's all right as well. Not quite the same though. Yeah, he's no Jason same. Momoa. Yeah, I mean, no. I might say he's a ginger though. Yeah. you know. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's all full circle. <laughs> And that takes us over to our listener answers. So we're just going to fly through your guys' answers. First up is Tara Maholic. She went with Wonder Woman and then two of the three Nolan Nolan Batmans. Well, yeah, I mean, the Nolan films, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Batman Begins or Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. You're Colby, you're a bit of an expert as well. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, no, Batman Begins is really, really good. I think mm. it's it's super strong. Um, I, I, I think... It wasn't an issue of like multiple, like too many villains. It was just like shrouding that mystery behind, you know, like such a great villain in Ra's al Ghul. That mm. could have been just a principal, you know, arch enemies to kind of have throughout the entirety of the film. But then you kind of feel like, oh, we had the, the the Scarecrow and this. It was a good, it was a really good start. Like it's a, it's a solid eight out of 10 film. Mm, and like in yeah. what it does, it just, a lot of times it didn't feel like Batman. Mm. You know, the further I got away from it, you know, it was like 2005 that movie came out. Yeah. It, as I got away from him, like, huh. I've got to hand it to her. Like, it was very surprising given the Batman films that had come before it that were like, oh, fuck. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I appreciated how much they tried to do something different. And maybe there was a little bit too much world building that they were trying to do in that film, which maybe just didn't yep. leave as big a mark on me. But yeah, that's that. Gillian Ashton said, so difficult, but Wonder Woman, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. And Shazam, DC misses more often than it hits. Okay, thanks, Gillian. Next up, Emily Higgins, Tasteless Podcast. Wonder Woman, Batman and Robin, Birds of Prey. Come on, Emily. Batman or Robin. I love you, Emily, but I don't agree with Birds of Prey. It was terrible. <laughs> Listen to my podcast about it. Yeah. Next up, Paul from the Countdown Podcast said The Dark Knight, then there's Daylight, back to Superman 2. Oh, shit. This is an old throwback. And Wonder Woman. Mm. Uh, Hendo from the Movie Journey Podcast said The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and Wonder Woman. Uh, Drew from the Real Feels Podcast went with Flashpoint Paradox, Batman Under the Red Hood, and The Dark Knight. So two animated films and The Dark Knight. That's cool. Oh. Two really, really good animated films. Mm. Uh, Netflix and Swirl went with The Dark Knight, Man of Steel, and Under the Red Hood. So there's another good shout-out to that animated film. Uh, Nick from the Epic Film Guys, who we're going to have a promo for at the end, went with Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Come on, Nick. And Watchmen. Watchmen? Yeah, that's a good I love call. it. I love it. Look at all that Snyder love. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, takes us on to the next one. Steve from the Everything I Learned from Movies podcast. Great podcast you guys should all check out. Said The Dark Knight, Watchmen, and Steel. 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 Liz, do you know what steel is? I've got no idea. I'm you looking Shaquille, at you blankly. Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. Yeah, he was a superhero yeah. in the 90s. Isn't he a basketball player? He is. That's correct. <laughs> he also this sounds a, about as great as, yeah. uh, as you'd think. He was a seven-foot iron worker who also uh, worked alongside a weapons developer and it was a poor adaptation of Steel in the Super Superman comic, who essentially became Superman after he died. This was a very loose adaptation where he's like a weapons tech ironmonger expert who wants to like protect his neighborhood. Yeah. So he was Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, he's like a local Tony Stark, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds great. But played oh, by Shaq. So you, you can played by Shaq. Imagine the level of acting that we get from Shaq. Jeez Louise. If you like that movie, you should watch Kazam as well. It's pretty good too, Liz. Kazam's oh, yeah. That's a, that's a great double feature. <laughs> okay. I'll keep these in mind if I get really, really desperate. One hell of a night. Next up was Duty from the Shaken Not Nerd podcast. Uh, Man of Steel, Aquaman, and Shazam. And then his animated films is Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, I love that film. Uh, Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, and Death of Superman. And actually made him cry. Ooh. Poor Duty. Uh, next up is Brad from the Cinema Guys. They went with Mask of Phantasm, Watchmen, and Tim Burton's Batman. Great cause there, Brad. Right Stuff Reviews went with The Dark Knight, Under the Red Hood, Mask of Phantasm, and then said Shazam is just below those. The Five Cast and Stuff said Superman Returns, Batman Forever, <laughs> and Justice League New Frontier. Batman Forever, Superman mm. Returns. Shit, those are some big calls. I will say, Batman uh, Forever has one of the greatest superhero soundtracks that's of, true. of any movie. Yeah. yeah. Seal, Kiss from a Rose, that's sexiness. Oh, that's just pure brilliance. JD Metal went with Aquaman, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Red. 
And then finally from Twitter, our good friend Julio, who we've mentioned before, said, insert Colby Howell, and then went with Wonder Woman, Superman 2, and The Dark Knight, and then insert Colby Howell again. Why don't you give us a howl, Colby? (laughs) That's quality howl. That's some brilliant howling. So from that, I've taken basically that across the um, fandom here of this podcast, uh, the number one film appears to be The Dark Knight. Number two would be Wonder Woman. And I think it sounds like the third might be that Mask of the fan Phantasm. Yeah. Gasm? Yeah, you got it. It's very <laughs> no, good. I said fangasm. Yeah. So some commonality there, I would say, yeah. yeah. That's that's what I'm picking up. Uh, over to Facebook, Amy Plank. Hey, Amy, how you doing? Hope you guys are handling isolation well. She went with The Dark Knights and the Ban- Batman animation show from the 90s and then Batman the Killing Joke. Good on you, Amy. Oh, the 90s Batman TV show was just something special, eh? That was just amazing. Great. Topher from We Watch The Thing. Hey, bro, how you doing? Great podcast. You guys should all check out. Basically, two Aussie guys. One's got like a, an open head wound that really needs tending to. The other one's a good bloke. <laughs> I'm going to let them just... They can pick which. Yeah, they can pick yeah. which. <laughs> they can decide which one between the two of them needs to, needs to sort that out. Basically said, such rich pickings. Good sarcasm. Uh, well, a Nolan Batman film, then a Nolan Batman film, and shit, I guess a Nolan Batman film. Yeah. Yeah, good on you, Toph. Uh, and then final two is... Spanky and Machu, and yes, I've heard your guys' messages. They will be back on as soon as isolation stops, and yeah, you break my heart every time you... Uh, <laughs> how much you miss them. <laughs> but uh, we'll go with Spanky first. He said Justice League Dark 2017 animated film, then when Batman Returns, okay. there you go, Colby, and The yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Interesting choices, Spanky. And, oh, Machu, oh, you win this week. He went with Catwoman, Green Lantern, and Birds of Prey. He wants... Wow. I actually thought about Green Lantern. I liked Green Lantern as well. well Clearly, I have terrible taste in films, but I liked it. Taika Waititi's in that. But yeah, he, the, the reasoning for this is he's, is that there's black tights, green tights, and yellow all together. And so if you put that together, you get the Jamaican bobsled team. He's just put a gif of Cool Runnings. Wow. That, well, uh, that's Machu. Yeah. I mean, that that's is Machu. What an idiot. Anywho. <laughs> Your words, not mine. You win this week, Machu, but you're also an idiot. Uh, that takes us down to the end, and uh, yeah, I mean, quick thanks to Liz. Liz is on all the time, but Colby, massive thanks to you, man. <laughs> massive thanks to you. Yeah. Thanks for Way coming on. Thank you for rocking the show as only Colby can. Why don't you tell us all about your podcast and all your great things that you do? Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for having me, man. This is really, really great. I'm such a big fan of what you do. You guys, like one, early, early, early on my journey, y'all were super supportive, really engaging. Like, these guys are like super dope. <laughs> And yeah, anytime that you can carve out a little bit of peace for me, I would love to be like 14 or whatever hours difference to rock the mic with y'all. <laughs> but keep doing what you do. Enjoy that little kid of yours. You know, give him my best in this crazy world and stuff like that. Tell your wife I said hello as well. Oh, cool. But yo, you can follow your boy. I'm on all the socials at Kobe Told Me on Twitter, Instagram, I'm on Facebook at Kobe Mac. You can check out any and all of my written content at KobeToldMe.com and also catch my podcast, the Kobe Told Me Podcast. It's my whenever I want to deep dive with the Mac himself. Uh, so yeah, catch that whenever I'm in the mood, and always remember when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Colby told me. And Minorities Report, another podcast I'm subscribed to and listen to. Yes, sir. Yes, definitely rock us out. It's a different side of Colby that you'll see uh, with my uh, with my best friend uh, Raul. Uh, we constantly have difference of opinions on film, and he's constantly wrong, and he thinks that. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty much just like an hour and a half saying fuck you to one another. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it only works with us. So, yeah, definitely yeah, check us out. Uh, yeah, I mean, like as I said, every time I get a guest on, like the only sort of people that I have on a podcast that I listen to and enjoy myself. So, yeah, subscribe to it. Love it. It's, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, bro. No problem. And, yeah, uh, that takes us to the end. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash movie reviews and 20 cues and you can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com upcoming episodes me and brad from the fate of eisen podcast drag stacy out of retirement if you can believe that to do wizard of oz aka stacy's favorite film of all time the only time i've heard stacy give uh, like a, a, an emphatic yes to actually being on an episode like hey do you want to do wizard of oz yes yes i've been waiting a hundred something episodes for this yes <laughs> only time in history so very happy with that and then we've got liz also on an episode after that the legally blonde episode with a bit of girl on girl on girl hey, liz? yeah we had some good times and we barely spoke about tampons so you shouldn't have found <laughs> it too hard to edit <laughs> Was it just handbags and shopping and mobile phones? Like, oh my God, it was like so good. Oh my God. Excellent. Like amazing. 
No, we had a great time. Me, Emily, and Stacey had a good laugh, and we should definitely do that again. But maybe we should attack like a really manly movie next time. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Rambo. Ooh, we should do Rambo. Ooh, yeah, something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Bridget Jones' diary or something, you know, like something really manly. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I never have to do those films. Just please, please. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's things from me. Thank you from me. Gracias con Dios. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.